Sheila Zielinski Show, the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Well, folks, I'm really excited today to have on my guest. He's actually was on years ago, and he's going to be bringing a very powerful teaching today. It is our good friend from Luke 418 Radio. We're going to talk a little bit about that at the end of the show. It is Pastor William French. Pastor Bill, welcome back to the show. It's so great to have you back on, sir. Well, I'm excited to be back on the show, and uh, we're excited to be here and to be able to share the Word of God, that, that this is a now word that we need to hear. Yes, it is. Well, listen, Pastor Bill, I'm just going to hand you the mic to get into this incredible teaching, and you take it away and you throw it back to me when you're ready. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Well, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father, we ask that you open our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears, convict our heart, illuminate our mind. We ask that you give us wisdom today, instruction, knowledge, and understanding. Father God, we ask for a greater anointing with a greater grace. Anoint my words. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, amen. Uh, folks, this is a now word that we need to apply to our life. We're living in some really troubled times right now. The Bible says we're living in the days of Noah. We have really run out of time to be playing around as a Christian. The Bible is very strict and tells us exactly what to do. And we have to align our character and our will up to what God says to do. And we find in the Word of God that we are to put on the full armor of God daily. And in Ephesians chapter 10 6.10, it says that uh, we're to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power to put on the full armor of God because we fight against principalities, we fight against demons, we fight against high satanic warlocks and priests in this uh, globalist world that are warring against you and me, warring against our soul. They have a purpose to see us dead and to be thrown into the lake of fire as they will end up being. So let's go into scripture here. We're going to talk about the baptism of suffering. Now, the baptism of suffering, we must understand in Luke twelve fifty, Jesus said something, and he said this to the disciples. He says, I have a baptism to be baptized with. And Jesus was talking about his intimate suffering as a baptism. The suffering of Jesus Christ, as it is written, God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer. Acts 3.18 So Christ, throughout his whole ministry, suffered. He suffered persecution, rejection. Um, the Pharisees wanted to kill him. It wasn't time yet. He suffered torture as he went to the whipping post. And then he went to the cross. And his blood was shed for the remission of our sins. And that's a good thing. But he went through a baptism of suffering. And suffering is a part of the Christian walk. Many Christians don't want to hear that, but a true believer in Christ Jesus, who is obedient to Christ, will suffer. The scripture says this. Suffering is a part of the Christian walk. And as we go through the suffering, we're going to grow, you're going to go stronger, you're going to have more wisdom, more knowledge, understanding. It's going to build your prayer life with God. And it will bring a transformation change in your life. So you'll be able to overcome this world. See, Jesus overcame this world. He overcame it through suffering. You know, some of us will be martyrdoms. 
and some will just have a very least of maybe a ridicule or rejection through the persecution. But Jesus says this. He says, if you live a holy and godly life in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. And we find that in 2 Timothy 3.12. Apostle Paul talks about the suffering that was a joy for Jesus. And that joy was set to endure so Jesus could endure the cross. Despising the shame in Hebrews 12.2, likewise, we will suffer if we live a holy and righteous life through rejection, through brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, to those that hate Christianity, that want to totally destroy us, kill us. We will suffer in 2 Timothy 2.12. And this is something that we need to embrace, the baptism of suffering. There is also another baptism. It's, it's a baptism of, of ungodly baptism of suffering. Is when we live and choose a sinful life. You see, God has laid down the foundation for us that when we say the prayer and we follow through through baptism, being submerged in the water, and now we're to live a holy and righteous life. We're to draw close to Jesus, John chapter 15, and Jesus will draw close to us. We're to have fruit works of holiness and righteousness in the kingdom of God. But it also says that if we do not produce fruits of righteousness, we produce fruits of ungodly fruits, then the danger in that is that you could lose your salvation. It gives a picture of Jesus is the vine, Father God, he's the gardener, and you and I are the branches. And we're connected to the vine. And we're receiving all the all the juices, all the nutrition, everything we need to be able to produce fruit of righteousness, godly fruit in the kingdom of God. But if we choose not to follow Christ and purpose in our heart to live a holy and righteous life, to be obedient to God, then we're going to produce a life of sin, fruit that's ungodly, that's corrupt. And if we continue this, then God the Father has no choice than to cut us off the vine. He'll take the branch and snip it off the vine. You'll no longer be connected to the vine. And as the scripture says in John chapter 15, that the branch is the only thing it's good for is to throw it into the lake fire and let it burn. And so there's a danger here if we do not be obedient to what Jesus commands us to do. He says, do you love me? Then be obedient. Follow my rules of the kingdom of God. Now, many of you try to follow the rules of the kingdom of God and you keep failing after failing after failing. And you finally just give up. You just want, you know, just, I tried that Jesus thing. It just doesn't work for me. I think that you're missing an ingredient that we're to draw close to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you weren't taught that. Maybe nobody said that to you. Maybe just we had some good car salesman evangelists. They came into town and said, all you have to do is just say a prayer and be baptized. And you're going to be guaranteed to go to heaven. And it doesn't matter what you do for the rest of your life and sin, you know. Um, God has so much grace for you and, and mercy and that you'll just make it to heaven. Well, the scriptures doesn't teach that. That's what you would call a sloppy, agape grace. And so the word of God teaches that we must live a holy and righteous life. We must be serious about this. We must pur purpose this in our heart. And the only way we can do this is by drawing close to the Holy Spirit, building a relationship Coming in co-partnership with the Holy Spirit. Allowing him to lead, to guide, to direct, to do what he tells you to do. Go where he tells you to go. Say what he, he tells you to say. This is so important that you be obedient to the direction of the Holy Spirit. 
to build that co-partnership. Many Christians today, many, 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 I would say hundreds of Christians today, do not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so they're not living by the rules of the kingdom of God. Another rule is this. God says that the just shall live by faith. That's Hebrew chapter 10, verse 38. The just shall live by faith. But if anybody draws back, my soul has no pleasure in them. You see, we're to live by faith 24-7, 365 days a year. This is the key to operate in the kingdom of God, to see the manifestations of deliverance, of healing, of growth and ministry, of being able to preach, to teach, to prophesy is through faith. By allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through you, to take control of your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, and your body. This is so important that we surrender to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to empower us, to give God's grace, which is his power to overcome sin. This is where you come and work together in co-partnership. You see, without you working with the Holy Spirit, there's no relationship. Then there's no power of transformation being Christ-like. It's so important that we surrender our will and apply what God says. Now, the baptism of suffering, many Christians today are going through this. And this baptism of suffering, what Christ is talking about, is a good thing. That's when you are living that holy and righteous life. That's when you are doing what God tells you to do, being obedient, sons and daughters of the Most High God. This baptism is where... Where the suffering that Satan comes against you, trying to steal, kill, and destroy your life. You know, there was two disciples or apostles that said, um, "Hey Jesus, why don't you guarantee us this that one of us, uh, you know, sit at the right hand of your throne and the other sit on the left?" And and uh, Jesus says, "Well, I don't know. You know, are you willing to go through the baptism of suffering that?" I'm about to. They didn't really understand what he's saying, but they said, yeah, we'll go through it. But you see, when you go through the persecution, when you go through, um, you know, rejection, when you go through uh, people slandering your name and lying about you and just saying horrible things, that's a baptism of suffering because you are doing what God is commanding you to do, to walk in holiness and righteousness. They will, this will come against you, and it will hurt. Their whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy you, to discredit you. But God says that when you go through this, you drink this cup, this baptism of suffering, that you will be blessed because you were persecuted for the righteous sake of Christ. This is powerful. This is something we need to embrace. But let's talk about something else. Let's talk about how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And to take us out of this baptism of suffering into a hellish, ungodly baptism of hellfire suffering because of disobedience in our life. And we can't put it together. We go, Why is this always happening to me? It seems to be happening over and over again. One thing is this, there is a command of God in Romans chapter 14, verse 23. It says, anything that's not of faith is sin. Okay, 
Let's say that you're not doing all these big sins, okay? You're not out there having sexual affairs. You're not out there drinking to get drunk. You're not out there on drugs, okay? You're not out there gambling your life away. So you go, well, I'm good. I'm not out there murdering anybody, okay? You go, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm all good. But you see, it's the little things. It's the commands of God that we might have overlooked or don't understand or never heard before or haven't been taught. These will keep you out of the kingdom of God. Where it says in, in Romans chapter 14, verse 23, it says that anything that's not of faith is sin. Now, if you're living a life of fear, doubt, worry, and anxiety, you're not living in faith. You're sinning. Now, the word of God also says in Matthew chapter 6, it says that, if you don't forgive those who slander you, who persecute you, want to see you dead, and um, you know lie about you and, and paint a bad character about you, and if you don't forgive them before the sun goes down, you're in jeopardy of losing your salvation. Jesus says, these are the laws, these are the spiritual laws, these are the rules of the kingdom of God that we must follow every day. And if we don't follow them, we're in jeopardy to lose our salvation. Remember, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to deceive. He comes to twist things around so we don't understand what God is saying in the rules of the kingdom of God so we can have this hellish, ungodly baptism of suffering and the sickness and disease constantly there. Like, what is up with this? You wonder, why is this happening? We're going to get into this. But we've got to understand there's spiritual laws, there's spiritual rules that we must follow, each and every believer. God says that you must forgive them. And if you don't, then I cannot forgive you of your sins. And if he can't forgive you of your sins, well, you can't pass go and get to heaven. That's only obvious. So every day before the sun goes down, we must. That's the law. And it's in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Are you angry? Yes, I am angry. Okay, don't sin. Don't go out there and get a bat and beat him up. Don't curse him out with your, with your, 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 your tongue and don't give him some funny hand signals. Just forgive them before the sun goes down. Many people go, well, I never heard that before. There's a limitation. Yes, because we've got to operate by spiritual rules. Because we live in a spiritual kingdom. And we serve a spiritual God. And the warfare is spiritual against a spiritual, ungodly, false God whose name is Satan. But here, we, as Christians, we're trying to operate in the natural instead of in the supernatural. What brings us back to Ephesians chapter 6, we, then we don't understand that we're to be strong in the Lord and operate in his mighty power. Put it on the full armor of God. Most Christians today, you know, they, they don't even know about putting on the full armor of God. Well, you got to do it. I put it on every day. Just like I change my clothes every day. I make sure it's on. Some wise guy, some clown in the crowd go, oh, I never take it off. <laughs> well, yeah, look at your life. Look at a mess. Something happened. So we got to put on the arm of God. We've got to take this seriously. Start learning how to live in the kingdom of God, being holy, for God is holy. You see, folks, that is a command. It's not an option. God says, you be holy, for I am holy. You see, God tells us to live a holy and righteous life, and then you'll see the blessings. 
Now, we find in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armor of God because we need to recognize our enemy. Most Christians are being overtaken by the enemy of fear, doubt, unbelief, anger, rage, and murder. Folks, this is these are demons that are working every day in your life, trying to rob you from living a life of faith. You see, faith is the key to see the manifestation of God's hand in your life. We're to use faith as we go through suffering. You know, the Word of God talks about suffering. He talks about, in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 8, says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Okay, when I read that when I was young, I'm going, who wrote this? This kind of, what? And that sounds kind of nuts. I ain't going to count it all joy when, you know, I'm in hurting and crying and everything. What is that? But he's trying to tell you something here. It's kind of like in code, okay? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces Patience. Let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who will give it to you without reproach. He ain't going to say, well, I remember that time you failed me and I ain't going to give it to you. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's going to give it to you because you asked for it. And believe me, I ask for wisdom every single day in my life. And he gives it to me. But So let's look at this. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What does that mean? See, there's scripture that says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my deliverance. You see, in order to go through these various trials, the baptism of suffering, what are they there for? It's there to produce patience in your life. It's a testing to produce patience and a perfect work in Christ Jesus. So you can draw close to Jesus. You can start building a, a prayer life with God. So you can be complete, lacking in nothing. And so when you go through those trials, you go to the joy zone. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You need to go to the joy zone. How do we get to the joy zone? Well, in Ephesians, talks about it. You know, making melody in your heart. Singing songs, spiritual songs. That's why we created Luke 418 Radio. We're playing anointed Christian music that points to Jesus Christ on every single song. It just stands out from any other radio station. It's anointed. It pushes back the darkness. The atmosphere changes when you listen to it. Folks, this isn't just I saying this. It's many listeners that tune into it. They go, wow, the atmosphere's changed. I was so depressed. And now you can feel the atmosphere changing. And the joy of the Lord is here. It's singing his songs, speaking melody in your heart, speaking the word of God, gets you back to the joy of the Lord so you can start going through that trial. You know, Apostle Paul did that. The disciples learned it too. When they were arrested, they were beaten, they were flogged, they were hurting, they were just tortured. If they were thrown into a dark prison, and you could, you have a choice. You have a choice to just be there depressed and, oh, well, it's me. Boy, they should have never said that. How come, God, you didn't protect me from this, right? So, but he didn't. They started singing and making melody in their heart because they were in a trial. They were in persecution. And when they did this, the power of God was released and opened up the gates of the jail. 
Some of them were led up by angels, and they never saw them in the crowd in the, in the shopping area. Folks, see, Satan doesn't want you to understand these spiritual laws, these spiritual tools to apply to your life, to stay in the joy of the Lord, because that's where your strength is. That is where your deliverance is. That's where you're going to see the manifestation of God, and it's through faith. Anything that's not of faith is sin. Fear, doubt, unbelief. If you're allowing these spirits to control your life daily, you're not in faith. You're in sin. If you're allowing anger, rage, and murder, and complaining in your life, guess what? You're in sin. You're not in faith. The rule is, we got to be in faith. Now, every one of us goes through trials and tribulations. Persecution is coming. Folks, we are in the time of Noah. The second coming of Christ is imminent. It's coming. We have no more time to play as a uh, lukewarm Christian. One foot in hell, one foot in heaven. It doesn't work anymore. This is the time to change. This is the time to be serious. If you don't, you're going to be left behind. You're not going to like where you wake up and end up for the eternity. The baptism of suffering. Now check this out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, now reading this in the New King James Version. Moreover, I do not want you to be unaware of our fathers who were under the cloud. Now, this is a warning and an example that God wants to speak to you and me. In this time period, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be misinformed. I want you to understand something, that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So there was a baptism that took place there. So Israel, when they went through this, they became Christians. They became God. They became sons and daughters of the Most High. Because they were baptized. You, may, you see, you've got to understand something about Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 tells you, tells you about baptism. You see, that's where you die. You see, when, to, when, you, when you say the prayer, it's pre-salvation. You must follow through through being submerged in the water, how Jesus, how Jesus did it. Follow the example. And so what it represents when you are submerged in the water, you were crucified with Christ, you were buried with Christ, being submerged under the water, and now as you're coming up out of the water, you're being resurrected as a new creature, a new species, a new man. No longer being a Jew or a Gentile, as Ephesians talks about, God says, out of the two I made a new creation, a new species. And so when you were submerged under the water, you died to this world. There was a transfer of ownership. Lucifer owned you. Satan owned you. And when you died to this world, that ownership from Lucifer and Satan has been severed. And now the new owner is Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth. He owns you. He paid the price for you. And now you're being resurrected into a new life. Into a new kingdom. And so now we're to live unto God as new. No longer living a life of sin. 
See, the whole purpose for Jesus to go to the whipping post and receiving 39 stripes and to be tortured and then go to the cross and shed his blood for the remission of our sins, that was to pay the price for sin so you would never have to walk in it, never have to live in it again. And the only way that can be is for you to live with the Spirit of God in co-partnership, to be obedient to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, Walk in the Spirit of God and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, these are spiritual laws. We're to live in a spiritual kingdom. We're to have eyes to see and ears to hear in the spiritual kingdom of God. No longer to keep our eyes focused on the natural, but to be focused on Christ Jesus. And to be obedient and be willing to to be transformed into his image by you correcting yourself. By you saying no to the devil. You saying no to sin. So you can live a holy and righteous life, pleasing unto God through faith. Hebrews 11 6 says it's impossible it's impossible to please god without faith and so if you've been living a life with fear doubt and unbelief and worry your mind your your mind is like a rabbit and it's just going 24 7 you you find out you just can't really get a good deep sleep because your mind's just going you see we're sinning we're allowing the spirit of worry anxiety fear to control our life instead of faith This is what the scripture points out. God doesn't want us to be ignorant. God doesn't want us to be unaware that our forefathers, he's speaking to the Jews, they were all baptized under the cloud and sea. You see, they were redeemed. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. The spiritual rock that followed them was Jesus the Christ. And that rock was Christ. Verse 5, but with most of them, God was not well pleased. Hmm, that's very interesting, that statement. They were all baptized. They were been redeemed by the baptism. The Israelites belonged to God. But it says here, now listen now, this is interesting. Because he's speaking to the Christians. He's speaking to people who call themselves Christians. He's saying something's wrong here. But verse 5, but most of them, God wasn't well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples. That the intent that we should not lust after evil things after they lusted. This is why God says in Ephesians chapter, no Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. It says, walk in the spirit, live in the spirit of God. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see there's that actually as plural says lust of the flesh, lusts. Lust. And so if you go to First uh, John chapter 2, it talks, it defines the lust, the plural. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These three areas, Satan comes to attack you, to woo you, to participate in that area. Because if you do, then you're sinning. And what comes out of sin? The wage of sin is death. The more you sin, the more death you receive, you'll have barns fill of it, and it pushes you, it separates you from the relationship of Christ Jesus. Many of you are out in this wilderness, you're feeling, wow, where's God? Well, sin will disconnect you 
from God. It'll disconnect you from the Holy Spirit. It grieves him every time you sin. This is why the Holy Spirit's exposing. Some of you are sinning and you don't even know you are sinning. Because you're allowing the spirit of fear, doubt, and unbelief, anger, rage, and murder to control your emotions. Instead of allowing faith, allowing the fruit of the spirit to control your life. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. See, that self-control... Does and when you operate in the Holy Spirit self control, then you're not going to operate in fear, doubt, and unbelief. You're not going to be operating in worry and anxiety, you see, because you have the Holy Spirit who empowers you, who strengthens you, that pours out God's grace and power to overcome sin in your life, where you start saying no to the devil. No, I'm not going to do this. Get out of here, devil. I bind you. I send you back to the pit. Get out now. You start walking in boldness. You start walking in your power of God, the authority of God. Many Christians don't walk in that. They're just being trolled by the devil every single day, just worked over every day. And they're wondering, where are all these blessings that God talks about? Your, your life isn't aligned up to what God's expecting for you to do. I know many Christians today have been deceived they think, well, we just say the prayer, you'd be baptized, and that's all you have to do, and you can just live your life of sin, and, and God has so much grace for you, he's going he's to make sure that you get to heaven. No, that's not what the scripture says. Those are doctrines of demons. We're not to continue in sin. God paid the price, so we don't have to. It's a supernatural thing that took place for us to start living and the freedom in Christ Jesus and not being bondage to sin anymore. This is powerful. This is a now word. Some of your eyes are being open right now. Oh, I get it, Pastor Bill. I was wondering what, what, what was going on. Now, verse 5, this is First Corinthians chapter 10. It says, but with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. I mean, they died. Now, these things became our examples. Verse 6. Listen now, listen. This is where we listen. Now, these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things after they lusted. Now, what are those evil things they lusted? Do not become idolaters as some of them. There's one right there. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. See, that's been, you know, that's been agenda for everyone that, you know, that I've worked with, you know, in the past and the corporation and stuff like that. They just want to work all day. Now it's party hearted weekend. Let me get drunk, come back on Monday and start it all over again. You see, but that's idolatry. We're not to be doing that. We're to worship the Lord. We're to be a living sacrifice daily, holy and acceptable to the Lord because our body is sacred. This is a word that's not even being used today. Our body is sacred. And whatever food you put in your body has to be sacred, has to be blessed, has to be sacred. See, we're, we're not thinking of things being sacred, holy, and righteous. We go, well, I'm just a sinner, just like the other one, you know. I'm not perfect. Well, God says you're to be perfect as God is perfect. That's a command. It's not an option. So the devil has misconstrued things in our life. So we're believing a lie instead of believing the truth and applying the truth in our life because he wants us to be misinformed, to be deceived, and to end up where he's going to be ended up, in the lake of fire. Verse 7, and do not become idolaters as were some of them. 
as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 8. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. Okay, So he says we're not to commit sexual immorality. No, Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 describes the sin of the flesh. That's adultery. That's fornication. And it describes a whole list of sin. And believe me, if you go and read that, you're going to find yourself somewhere in there. You need to deal with that immediately. Now, let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. In one day, 23,000 fell. Folks, this isn't 2,300. This is 23,000. God says in Hebrews that he says, listen, I told them what I want them to do, but they did not listen. They didn't want to do what I asked them to do. So finally, God had enough. He had to take their life. 23,000, That the ground opened up and they fell in the ground. Folks, 23,000 died in one day because sexual immorality. The world is filled with sexual immorality. Why is there such an agenda towards our children, towards the whole entire human race to violate God's law to end up in the lake of fire? Folks, it's, it's a spiritual onslaught assault on us. This is why we must draw close to Jesus. That's why we must come and co-partner with the Holy Spirit. Allow him to be your guide, to be your healer, your deliverer, your, the one that gives you wisdom, instruction, knowledge. He will lead you, guide you, just like Jesus did. Those, What he did in his ministry was empowered by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness so he could be tempted by the devil. And Christ, all he spoke was the word, giving you an example how to confront the devil, how to have victory over the devil, how to say no to the devil. We need to learn from this. Verse 8, nor let us commit any sexual immorality as some of them did. In one day, 23,000 fell. Verse 9, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them did, tempted, and they were destroyed by serpents. Verse 10, nor complaining as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, this is very interesting. We just read over it. We won't really understand it. Okay, verse 10. Nor complaining. How many Christians, thousands of Christians today complain? Thousands of them. They complain about their health. They complain about their teeth. They complain about their eyes. They complain about their hair. They complain about their, their clothes. They complain about if they're too fat, too, too small, too skinny, you know, too ugly, too beautiful. They're always complaining about something. But God says, do not complain. As some of them also complain and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, the question here is, who's the destroyer? I'm glad you asked that. Let's find out who the destroyer is. It's very important that we find out. Complaining will release the destroyer in your life. Complaining will release the destroyer in your life. Now, we find in Scripture that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28. Now in verse 28 it says, By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. The destroyer, when they had this Passover, it, the Israelites were commanded to sacrifice a pure lamb. 
and to take its blood and put it on the doorposts. So when the destroyer comes by, he will not kill the firstborn. And if you didn't have the blood on your post, well, your firstborn were killed. Now, let's find out. Who is the destroyer here? Who is this? Now, this is going to shock you, folks. This is going to blow you away. For it says here, the king is the angel from the bottomless pit. This is Revelation chapter 9, verse 11, 9 to 11. The king is the angel from the bottomless pit. His name is in Hebrew, Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon, the destroyer. Folks, complaining releases, releases the destroyer, Abaddon. Folks, it releases Satan to come and destroy you, to steal, kill, and destroy. How many have figured, well, complaining is just a little sin. It's just, no, it's come to destroy you. This is why your life is being destroyed by this ungodly baptism of suffering, this hellish fire coming after you. Why? Because you're complaining. You release the destroyer in your life. Now, verse 11, it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, all these things happen to them as examples. They were written for our warning. Upon whom the ends of the age have come. Folks, this was written for you and me at this time period. Wow. We need to go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Go through 1 through 11. And you need to really study this. And start correcting those things that are in your life. If you're living with a boyfriend or girlfriend. And you're having sex before marriage. You're in sin. And God destroyed 28,000 in one day. You need to get on your knees and repent. And tell God that you were wrong. And you need to break up or get married ASAP. Remember. We're violating God's spiritual laws. We need to understand. If you're going through a baptism of suffering because of the righteousness of walking a holy and righteous life, God will bless you for that. But if you are sinning, allowing the devil to be invoked to come and steal killing your life, you're not a happy camper. And you never will be until you get on your knees and repent. And ask God to forgive you. Don't tell him you're sorry. Sorry doesn't mean anything. But you just tell him, I was wrong. I was wrong for what I did. I was wrong for rebelling against you. I knew I wasn't supposed to do this. Forgive me, Father. I was wrong. And then receive his forgiveness. And then forgive yourself. And speak it out loud. I forgive myself. And then... If you are committing sexual sin, the Bible says and states this very clearly. I want you to understand something. That you have sinned against your own body. And because that sin against your own body, let me tell you something. That's where you're going to get diseases. And might not come when you're young, but it will come when you're a senior. It will hit you. You need to ask forgiveness for your body. If body, would you forgive me? Then I forgive you. And then say, oh, Jesus, take your blood and wash me, cleanse me. Every part inside me is white as snow. And Holy Spirit, come and fill me now. Fill me now. Fill my mind, my will, my emotions, my intellect and body. Take control of me. 
Help me to build that co-union partnership with you. To build that relationship with you. So I can walk and be empowered to live a holy and righteous life. So I can please God through faith. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. May the Lord bless you. And open your spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. As you apply this now word for today. So just repeat after me. So Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I was wrong for rebelling against you. I was wrong for not obeying the rules of the kingdom of God. I was wrong for my sins that I committed against you and against my body. Father God, forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. And I choose this day to forgive myself and every part inside me. And I ask my body to forgive me for violating my body through sexual sins. I forgive myself and my body forgives me. Jesus, take your blood and wash me, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Holy Spirit, take control of my mind, my will, my emotions, my intellect and my body. Fill me now. Give me wisdom, instruction and knowledge and understanding. In Jesus' name. Now, those that have been willfully sinning, I come against you, Satan. I bind you with a threefold cord. I loose the angels of God and encamp around us right now and fight for us. And I bind you, Satan, with everything under your kingdom as one be bound to you now. Napoleon, Abaddon, be bound in Jesus' name. Now, folks, I want you to say this. Father God, forgive me for complaining. Father God, forgive me for committing idolatry. Father God, forgive me for committing sexual immorality father god forgive me for tempting you forgive me for testing the boundaries forgive me for not believing your word forgive me for not drawing close to you and producing fruit of righteousness and i forgive myself holy spirit empower me equip me with the works of righteousness in jesus christ's mighty name now, folks, we're going to put on the flummer, God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, just repeat after me. I put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace on our feet. Take the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and the power of prayer. And Father God, I command by the authority of Jesus Christ, you spirit of infirmity, you spirit of sickness and disease, you demon of you with the threefold cord. I have been forgiven and washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. I command you and everything under your kingdom now, come out of me now and go straight to the pit. Don't ever come back to me again. Go to the pit now. Abaddon, go. Apollyon, go. Destroyer, go. Death and destruction, go. Go to the pit now. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Go now. Jezebel, go now. Hatred, Go now, resentment. Go now, bitterness. I take the sword of the Spirit and I sever the root of bitterness off my life now. And I choose to forgive everyone who has emotionally, mentally, physically, verbally, sexually, spiritually abused me. I forgive them now. I pull down the strongholds of rejection. I pull down the stronghold of anger. I pull down the stronghold of despair. I pull down the stronghold of fear, doubt, 
unbelief. I pulled down the stronghold of abuse. I pulled down the stronghold of self-hatred. And I forgive myself for hating myself. And I cast these strongholds down to the pit of hell now. I release myself from these strongholds. And I embrace and I put on the fruit of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. I receive this in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for that powerful prayer. I'm really encouraging people to share this particular teaching out there, especially the link. Um, also, I want to give you an opportunity to tell the folks about Luke 418 Radio, Bill, and, and where they can tune into that. Well, folks, Luke 418 Radio is a 24-7 Christian radio station that God has um, really blessed, very anointed music, Christian music, that you can tune in anytime, anywhere in the world and receive anointed music that changes the atmosphere of darkness around you and bring the peace and the love of Christ and the presence around you. We have powerful DJ host talk shows, podcasts that are out there that are always pointing, teaching you how to live in the kingdom of God and look up for your redemption draws near. Tune in daily and you will grow. Your The joy of the Lord will just be growing in your life and you will see the blessings of God overtake you. Just remember this, that we must, we must draw close to Jesus so he can draw close to us. His redemption, the second coming of Christ, is imminent. It is coming and is fastly approaching us. Do not allow our garments to get dirty. Let's have white as snow garments as he returns in Jesus' name. And where can they find that? Give out the website for that, Bill. Our website is look418radio.com. Tune in daily. You, you can also download the app in your app stores. You can go and download the skill there. Okay, and we've also got that up on the screen, Luke 418 Radio. Bill, I really want to thank you for coming on tonight. It was a really powerful message, powerful prayer, and I'm also looking forward to being on your show later this month. Yes, uh, next Monday. We're excited, and that will be a live show. Tune in to Luke418Radio.com at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Yes, that's going to be very powerful. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Pastor Bill. Such a powerful topic. People really need to share this around. And again, I just want to thank you for all you do for the kingdom of God. Thank you so much, sir. You're welcome. God bless you now. In the last part of the show, I am really asking people, if ever there was a time that financial support was needed, it is now, folks. And I'm asking for people that have the means, would you please financially support this ministry? You've asked for it, and we've made a lot of easy ways for you to do that, including PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, and even Snail Mail. We've got all that information over there at SheilaZelinsky.com. Your support and your prayer is very needed and very appreciated. Thank you so much for that. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Good night, and God bless you.